0: I invite you to stand as you are comfortable for the reading of our gospel. From Luke chapter 5. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for Jesus in his house and there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then they said to him, John's disciples, like the disciples of the Pharisees, frequently fast and pray, but your disciples eat and drink. Jesus said to them, you cannot make the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them, can you? The days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable, no one tears a piece from a new garment and sews it on an old garment, Otherwise, the new will be torn, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the new wine will burst the skins and will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, desires new wine, but says, The old is good. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I am obsessed with Brene Brown. The giggles tell me a few of you know who she is. She's a researcher and author, primarily writing about shame and vulnerability and resilience. She's done very popular TED Talks and now even has a Netflix special. And because I've read her books and watched as many of her speaking engagements as I can, whenever I see the word wilderness, I can't help but think of Brene and her work. Our theme this weekend is See, I am doing a new thing from Isaiah chapter 43. And in verse 19, the Lord says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, Brene has a book titled Braving the Wilderness. And in it, she describes the wilderness as an untamed, unpredictable place of solitude and searching. It is a place as dangerous as it is breathtaking, As a place as sought after as it is feared. The wilderness can often feel unholy, she says, because we can't control it or what people think about our choice of whether to venture into the vastness or not. But it turns out to be the place of true belonging, and it's the bravest and most sacred place you will ever stand. In those unpredictable times of searching for God's new action in our lives and in our churches, God comes into that vast and adventurous place and makes a way for us through. The wilderness is a place of vulnerability, of not being sure of outcomes, where success is not guaranteed, a place where new things spring forth from the earth, from our lives, and from our churches with abundance. And Brene doesn't talk about deserts in her writing, but we have deserts in our Isaiah reading, so I'm going to imagine what she might say about deserts. If that is her definition for wilderness, I wonder if she would define the desert as an uninhabited, desolate place of isolation and shame. It is a place as uncomfortable as it could feel safe, a place we might unwittingly find ourselves and then intentionally remain. The desert can feel holy because we feel a sense of control in it, a predictable aridity, an understandable stability. I have found myself in plenty of desert places like this throughout my life, and I think a lot of our churches find ourselves there too. We often prefer the predictable, the seemingly stable, even if not totally comfortable. Even if sometimes we feel isolated or alone, at least at least we know what to expect. Levi the tax collector and his friends found themselves, either intentionally or not, in a desert. Levi was considered a traitor to his own people. He regularly worked with the Romans and so would be considered unclean by any righteous people because he was working so closely with Gentiles. Most people assumed the tax collector skimmed off the top because some of them did. And so Levi would be assumed as well to be one of the worst kinds of sinners. Isolated from his religious community, experiencing the shame of his position that his position brought him, Levi went about his work anyway, providing for his family. Sitting at his tax booth, Levi was not searching or planning for anything new to spring up. But here comes Jesus, like a river of healing water in the desert. Jesus sees Levi and simply says to him, follow me. That river in the desert, a place of new life and growth and healing, appears for Levi, and he gets up, leaves everything behind, and follows Jesus. And I guess guess Levi follows Jesus to his own house, because Levi decides to give a huge banquet and to invite everyone he knows who might need this kind of healing. A large crowd of tax collectors and others are sitting around a table with Jesus. They may not be welcome in polite society, they may be rejected and isolated from their religious community, but here at the table, Jesus treats them as his own friends, eating and drinking and celebrating together. Here at the table is a place of true belonging. There's another kind of desert too. It's not just the desert we find ourselves in because of our circumstances, like Levi and his profession, but the desert that we choose because it feels controllable and we know it well. The Pharisees and their scribes were not at the grand banquet. Maybe their conversation with the disciples from our reading was after the party had ended. I wonder if Jesus actually walked outside during the banquet to address their complaining Jesus is there with the Pharisees, and he is listening to their questions. They ask him, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? I wonder if the Pharisees felt left out of the celebration. I wonder if they felt snubbed by Jesus. I wonder if they saw this new thing springing forth from their desert ground and didn't know what to do with it. Jesus being that river of life in the desert, being that new thing that god is springing forth tells them those who are well have no need of a physician it's those who are sick i have come to call not the righteous but sinners to repentance jesus is basically saying you guys are fine right you're righteous all on your own you don't need me do you like offering a bottle of water on a dry day Jesus gives the Pharisees an opening, and the Pharisees double down. They're not ready for this new life yet. This new way of eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners is too unpredictable, feels too unholy for them. And so they redirect the conversation. They point out, well, John's disciples were like the Pharisees. Excuse me. They frequently fast and pray but your disciples eat and drink. So it's no longer an issue of who Jesus and his disciples are eating and drinking with, but that they are eating and drinking instead of fasting and praying. Jesus tries to explain to the Pharisees that now is the time for celebration while he's here with his followers, walking alongside them, eating and drinking with them. Jesus knows that this new thing is springing forth And of course they're going to want to celebrate. Of course they're going to want to have a banquet. Jesus talks about new garments being used as patches onto old ones and new wine bursting old wineskins. He's trying to explain that sometimes, sometimes the new just doesn't fit into the old. I think about the ways we welcome new people to our churches. Families with small children, those who don't have much experience with church, those who have been previously excluded from churches, the list goes on. I think about the ways many of our congregations do a wonderful job of welcoming and introducing ourselves and bringing these newcomers into the fold, right? But then a little bit later, when the new young adult has suggestions for worship, or the small children are making an altogether joyful yet distracting noise on Sunday, when the new couple joins but isn't participating in any of the non-Sunday events or service projects, maybe we hear a sort of familiar questioning. We want new members, we want to share Jesus with new people to grow as the body of Christ, but we often want the new members to be like a piece of new garment, patched on to our own traditions, practices, and expectations. We want to brave the wilderness, to search for new ways to be church together, to be people of faith together, to be a place of belonging together. But sometimes God's abundance is so much that the new thing God springs forth from us sort of bursts open, and we need something new to hold it. Jesus says no one after drinking old wine desires new wine, but says the old is good. We like the old. We like our traditions. We like the structures in our lives that we are used to. And for some of us, the old has served us pretty well. And Jesus doesn't say that the old is bad. Jesus doesn't say that we should get rid of everything. But what he's trying to do is to explain that we need to make room for new things, too. Jesus is trying to explain to the Pharisees that something new is already happening, and trying to fit everything into this old way will just leave all of it damaged. And that's a hard thing to hear. We prefer predictability and stability. We prefer feeling safe, even if it's not totally real. We like to feel in control of the world around us. It's hard because we get comfortable in our deserts, even when that comfortable isn't so great. We can find ourselves isolated and unsure of where to go next. Our shame or our fear seem too too, too great for a river to show up and to heal it. Sometimes God springs forth something new, and we back away a little bit. Sometimes God's way through the wilderness, this new thing God brings, seems too vast or too dangerous. But Jesus still walks up to us, wherever we are, and says, follow me. Follow me to the table, to a banquet of abundance. Follow me into the wilderness of the unknown. I'll make a way for you. I have a place for you. Jesus calls us all to follow him all the way to his death on the cross and beyond. And in our baptism, we are washed with the waters of the river of life through Jesus. We are made new, springing forth into this world in celebration of Jesus' resurrection. We are healed and given new life through the one who joins us in the wilderness. Through Jesus, we find the place of true belonging. So that made new in our baptisms as Jesus pours out rivers of life-giving water in our desert places, we can share his healing love, his healing words with those who are thirsty so that we can traverse the wilderness with Jesus beside us, not patchworking the new onto the old, but bringing all together into the new things that Jesus is doing in our lives and in our churches so that when Jesus comes to us, Wherever we are and says, follow me, we too can get up, leave everything behind, and join him at the table, eating and drinking together, looking towards the new thing that God is bringing forth and knowing whatever wilderness we find ourselves in, Jesus is right there beside us, making a way through. Thanks be to God. Amen. We invite you to stand as you are able for our Hymn of the Day, Hymn of the Morning.